Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Home and Body Improvement Show. It is your boy, Coach Potts. If you haven't yet, go to CoachPotts.com, sign up for that damn newsletter that nobody subscribes to. Boy, I sound optimistic, don't I? It's another great start to an awesome episode. Got a big party this weekend. I'll talk a little bit about that during the show. It's episode number 52. That's right. I'm back from the Grand Canyon. Lots of stories to tell. So hang on in there. Home and Body Improvement Show coming at you. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. Home and Body Improvement Show. Another episode coming at ya. Yeah, I know I already said that in the intro, but uh, I thought I'd just say it again. just want to make it abundantly clear. Abundantly clear I'm back, man, from the Grand Canyon. Can you believe it? Five five days, four nights. Um, it was good, man. I mean, I, I really have no complaints. I got lots of footage. I plan to put together a vlog, but I am backlogged on editing, and it literally is like... I don't know, man. It You just get overwhelmed with like everything. So you don't want to start any of it. Be, even though the right thing to do would be like to just do a, at least a little bit every day. But I've been kind of putting it off. Uh, I got tons of footage from the Grand Canyon. I got a couple projects I'm working on. Like probably way too many. I got to stop accepting proposals. That's what I got to do. But that ain't happening, man. You know why? Because I think I made a steal. That's why. And, uh, you know, I asked myself, what would James Dean do? And nine times out of ten, he'd just go smoke a cigarette. So... That used to be my, I used to think that was so funny. Well, first of all, I think I'm funny. I don't know if anyone else doesn't. You know what? Don't really care. And that's kind of not good. You know, it's kind of like the old saying, man, if you tell a job, if you tell a joke to a hundred people and one person laughs, was it worth it? And I can say, no, if you tell a joke to a hundred people, only one person laughed, that means you bombed. It was a bad joke, man. You need to work on your comedy. So I guess I just need to find my audience. One out of a hundred ain't bad. If I could just find like 10,000 people, what is that? thousand people i could potentially make laugh that's not too bad anyway um so i did the grand canyon the hell is i gonna say i'm sure it was brilliant uh got took on a bunch of projects blah 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 this is the dumbest start to a show ever man i should just stop and start over i don't got that kind of time um grand canyon was great because we had a group of four uh, i knew th- th- two of the other guys and then we had a fourth and that was their friend he was a good guy uh, we knew the guy was a female, and then we had a last-second female add-on. And at first, it was just like, oh, no, because she just didn't – she was just like, hey, I just quit my job, and now I'm going to the Grand Canyon. It was just like I thought this was going to be like an all-guys trip except for the guide. Uh, turned out she was super-duper cool, no issue. She carried her load. Um, not saying that was ever going to be an issue, but it, it ended up just working out. The group got along great. We were all adults, meaning 40 on up, and, um, you know – at I was a little hesitant in the sense that like I I trained, but I didn't like go crazy with the training and I'm glad I didn't because it really, really wasn't that challenging. Here's the deal. And here's something that I didn't know is that those hiking bags, they really sit on your hips. So what you do is when you throw it on, you lean forward, you put that waist strap on, but you put that waist strap on tight right around your belly button or so. So then when the bag sits down, it sits on your hip bones and there is really not much, if any pressure on your shoulders at all. Now, when I was in the army and I was training for this, and I was wearing a rucksack, this, the the band actually, or the um the bag actually sits on your shoulders, and it digs in your shoulders after a while, and it's super duper uncomfortable, and you literally just have to find ways to 
kind of get through it by like literally moving you know the straps a fraction of an inch out kind of like doing that like jump positioning thing where you like put the bag up higher and then you kind of put the bag down lower and you kind of just do anything you can to kind of take that pressure not only off your shoulders but off your low back too it just kind of sits up top and because of that it kind of smushes down not on your shoulders but compresses your low back as well well these hiking bags are like the complete opposite so I couldn't tell you if we were carrying 30, 40, or 50 pounds. It really, I couldn't tell. Like, it, it didn't feel like we were carrying much. And the weirdest thing is, like, these bags are probably twice the size of a rucksack that I'm used to seeing. And honestly, it was super light. So that was great. Um, my boots, I don't know if it was my boots or my socks or what, but going down, um, my front toes on both feet were smashing against my boot. I don't want to get too graphic here. Make a long story short, I got a blister underneath that big toenail. And uh, that kind of, um, it didn't make my uh, trip any easier, that's for sure. Kind of felt like someone was sticking a needle into my big toe every time I primarily took a step down. Steps up weren't too bad, flat wasn't too bad, but going down like that, it just kept hitting. And it hurt, but I don't know. I, you know, even when it hurt, I was just like, eh. Um, I was able to kind of push through. Uh, another tip too, which I didn't see coming, is those hiking poles. Uh, I used them. I, you know, I kind of looked at them like they were ridiculous, like, Treated them as if it was like an old man using a cane. Uh, not the deal. Like, I, I think, you know, if you're going to hike and you're going to do it a lot, use those poles. Their primary function really is to uh, take some pressure off of your legs. And so, you you know, you use them as much as you can. You kind of push down. Our guide was telling us that at the end of the day, you kind of want to be sore in the shoulders. That means you were kind of using them effectively. Uh, I used them as much as I could. I primarily, especially after my toes got all banged up, used them on the way down. And... Um, it's just like, the, I don't think they do much per step, but when you add it up over the course of traveling a couple miles, I really do think they, they make a huge difference. So make a long story short, other than my toes, no issues in terms of like how physically difficult it was. In fact, it was a very pleasurable hike. It was like, it was just a hike into the mountains. Uh, our guide was super duper knowledgeable. Um, her name was Carla Kennedy. You should look her up. Wildland Trekking Company was the company we went through. And here's the cool thing about them. You literally show up, you know, you have your stuff from their packing list, but that stuff is like, you know, your clothes, a headlamp, a water bladder, a side water bottle, which I forgot, which was a mistake. And I highly recommend bringing your own pillow. I brought a sweatshirt that I thought was going to kind of like keep me warm at night and possibly I would use as a pillow when I was in my sleeping bag. But Right away, the guide was like, no, 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 you don't need a sweatshirt. It's going to be pretty hot at night. So I took it out of the rucksack or, you know, the hiking bag, whatever. But then I didn't have a pillow. So after I built my tent, I tried to stuff as much clothing as I could into that tent sack. And uh, it just didn't, it did not serve the purpose that a pillow should. So that was a rough go. Um, you know, you know, and it was only at night. It was a lot of tossing and turning at night. You don't really sleep that well. Um, but... After like the, you know, you bring your socks and boots, obviously, but after that, they give you everything. And that was kind of how we planned it in the sense that like my friend was like, you don't want to go buy your own gear. That's way too expensive. You don't know when you're going to use it. Is it really that good of an investment? Yeah. If you go camping, you know, a couple times a year, which, you know, this is the first time I've went camping in about 20 years. So it didn't make sense for me to run out and, you know, go buy some stuff. Uh, it made sense for me to let them bring it, which they did. And the, the, the bag was great. Uh, they give you this little air mattress, which is not much, but does the job. And um, at the end of the day, you know, they supply all the food as well. 
I ate so much garbage, man. It is, I'll talk about that in a second, but like it is ridiculous the amount of junk food we ate while we were there. But, um, you know, when you're on a trip like that, it's not that I'm not there to like count my calories and hit my macros and, um, you know, stay to my, you know, <laughs> there was one guy that was doing intermittent fasting and he was worried like, oh, I'm missing my window. I got to, you know, fast for 16 hours and stuff. And I was like, nah, now this is why you do stuff like that. We're in survival mode, my friend. You're going to eat when you can, what you can, and you're going to be happy about it. Um, I think long, long term, meaning like maybe two weeks or more, I probably would have eaten healthier because um, I could really feel the difference um, as I went along. But for like tracks, and I mean, let's be honest, man, like, you know, the food that we had was like these dried nuts, dried um, roasted nuts in all these little bags. And it was like fruit roll up type stuff. If you remember those, um, you know, the dehydrated fruit, uh, gummy type stuff, Rice Krispie treats, um, like kind of like a Chex Mix or not really Chex Mix, but I don't like a party mix type thing, you know, little pretzels, um, Oreos was one of them. And then like this, they just have like literally it looks like a Halloween like box full of stuff, you know, like Halloween candy box and you just grab as much as you can and you pack it full well i packed up they're like grab 15 items so i grabbed about 40 items because they were free and i'm polish and that's what we do but i was like that ah, it seems like a bit much but it wasn't because um so i took some out i i cut it down about 20 anyway i blew through those 20 in about the first two days and i had three more days to go um that was a mistake so i had a lot of people brought extra food so they were able to help me out but snacking was big throughout the day we had um we had breakfast lunch and dinner there was nothing immaculate about the food in the sense that there, it's not like there's appetizers and side dishes. I mean, there's one dish, but everything she made tasted good. And the way she did it was um, we all had these like canisters, which I'm guessing they last about a meal or a day's worth, let's say, because we had five of them. And she would fire it up, boil the water, essentially rehydrate the dehydrated food. You know, um, you could put some fixins on there, mostly hot sauce and salt, which I don't typically eat hot sauce, but to make this food a little bit more palatable, it kind of did the trick. And uh, there was plenty. I mean, it was filling and it was tasted good. Um, so that was a nice thing too, is we didn't have to worry about what we were gonna eat and we didn't have to worry about doing dishes. Uh, she did all the dishes too. She made all the meals, did all the dishes. Uh, that was kind of cool. And then she had done this particular trip like 18 times. And so that was another thing too, where it was just like, you know, we didn't have to worry about where to go. We didn't have to worry about getting there safely. You know, I had an issue with my foot in the blister. She knew exactly what to do. We popped the blister, we, you know, we drained it, kept going. Um, it, it was one of those things where it was just like, I think when you're doing this on your own, there's that fear factor of like, am I doing this right? Am I heading in the right direction? What if I run out of food? You know, I didn't have to worry about any of those things. The guy took care of everything. So that was cool. Everyone on the trip got along great. Uh, a lot of people ask me, you know, did you see any wildlife? We did on the way down. We saw a ram, like a full-blown ram with like curly horns and all that stuff. And he was staring right at me. And I'm not saying I'm the toughest guy in the world, but I think most people he probably would have attacked. But he saw me and he went the other way. Uh, it was kind of cool. You know, it was I've never seen a ram other than like the logo on the side of the uh, football team, uh, their helmet. But in terms of like, you know, wildlife, there's like these little chameleon looking dudes, little, like little lizards running around, you know, I mean, that's typical in the desert. And I saw one scorpion, which is kind of a thing that, um, you, you know, you're, you expect to see more of in the desert, but, uh, you don't know if they're poisonous or not. You just stay the heck away from them. I only saw one the entire time I was there. And then squirrels who I referred to the enemy were very abundant. Um, yeah, they, they kind of suck. I didn't, uh, so 
you get these things called rat packs, right? A rack sacks. Yeah, it's a rat sack. And it's just a finely mesh knit Velcro bag. And you throw all the food in these little bags. These little critters can't get at them, right? Well, I ran out of snacks, but I still had some Gatorade powder. But I was like, eh, they're not going to get the Gatorade powder, right? So I left it in my, my snack bag. I believe it was in my backpacking bag. But um, I don't know, man. All I know is I woke up and my, my food sack was about five feet away from my tent. In the middle of the night, this little sucker, you know, somehow got in there. And uh, Gatorade powder was everywhere. So I'm guessing it's a squirrel. Who knows if it was something bigger. I know every time I told the story, I was like, he was staring at me and he wanted a piece. And I just said, you know what? Take the Gatorade and get the hell out of my face. And don't you dare touch anyone else in my camp. Uh, but the truth is I slept through the whole thing. I had no clue what happened other than I was uh, an idiot and I didn't put everything in a rat sack. Of course, I played it off. You know, what I did was, and this is what you kind of tell, like, you know, you know, I'm a football coach, right? I coach a lot of high school athletes and stuff. You say, hey, you take, need to take ownership for what it is you do, some responsibility, accept your punishment, and you move on. Uh, but I didn't do that. I actually took the ripped bag and put it in the rat sack and then uh, waited for the next day. And then when I reached for it, I go, you know, oh, my God, Carla, what happened? And she, you know, she looked at it. And I was like, he must have got in the sack. And she was just like, gee, I don't know how he could have done that. And I was like, yeah, I don't know how either. But, and then I eventually fessed up. I was an idiot. I didn't put the stuff in the rack sack. Uh, in terms of how far did we go, I don't know. They, they, it's like a 27-mile hike, I guess, whatever. Uh, I think it's like eight miles on the first day and eight miles on the last day. Uh, I'll be honest. Like In terms of like strenuous, even going uphill wasn't too, too bad. And then anytime we kind of did what you would refer to as a strenuous portion that was uphill, we took like a nice break. Um, my guide was cool enough to be like, Hey man, why don't you just meet us at this checkpoint and let me kind of plow ahead, which was great. Like walking by myself out in the desert, you know, within safety's reach, obviously, uh, was an amazing thing because you literally look to the left and the right and you're in God's country. You are in the most, the word majestic doesn't mean anything until you are in a scenario like that. And no picture nor video of the Grand Canyon does it justice until you're actually down in the canyon. And you're looking up and you're like, my God, it doesn't get any like prettier than this. Um, of course, you know, my big fear is going to get attacked by a bear, but bears don't live in the desert. So if you see one, that's that's pretty incredible. You know, not that I wouldn't have fought one off. I probably would have with my bare hands, you know, get it? Bare hands. See, one in a hundred. All I need is one in a hundred. <laughs> Was it really worth it if you tell a joke and only one person laughs? Four nights was about the right length, I would say. Um, it's one of those things, just like everything else, like you, you kind of have to get to the halfway mark to appreciate it because like the first day or two kind of drags a little bit. And then by like the third or fourth day, you kind of get it. And then the last day, you're like, you know what? Uh, I'm ready to go. Let's get that guy out of here. Let's suit up. Um, time is almost irrelevant there, meaning we got up at two in the morning, two of the nights, and one of them was three. And one of them we slept into like, you know, 435, whatever, maybe even later. Um but you think like two in the morning is early, but it's not for some reason. Well, here's here's the deal. When like dusk, like when the sun actually just kind of fades away and goes behind the mountain, you have about an hour, let's say. And then it is pitch black. Like literally you can't see anything. You need a headlamp. So and there isn't anything to do. There's no distractions. There's no anything. I mean, one of the nights I stayed up reading my book for, you know, another additional 30, 40 minutes. But it wasn't like, you know, oh, man, I'm. Uh, if I go to sleep now, I'm going to miss out on something. It's, it was quite the opposite. So, you know, eight, nine o'clock, you're out. 
and uh, you get a, I didn't really sleep that great, but in the morning I just woke up and I was ready to go. So two of the mornings we started walking, it was just pitch black out and it was, um, which was great because you avoid the heat too. You know, you're obviously in the desert. I think the first day was kind of hot, you know, in terms of like over a hundred, blah, blah, blah. Um, after that, you know, we may have reached the hundreds, but it's just a different kind of heat, man. Like, you know, you barely sweat. Uh, you definitely, like when I came back to Chicago, it was 80 degrees and humid. And that felt like 10 times hotter than any day that I was out in the Grand Canyon. There's like this wafting, you know, heat that kind of smacks you in the face every now and again. It's almost like getting, I don't know if you've ever gotten hit in the face with like an exhaust from a car. You're like, and it's like, wow, that's hot. It's kind of like that every now and again when you're in the sun during the day. But other than that, like the 70 degree stuff is two of the nights I slept without a shirt on to give you an idea. Like it was just that warm. Um, my sleeping bag I used more of as a blanket. It just didn't, you know, I didn't need to, I didn't need it to stay warm. That's for sure. Um, so the weather was perfect in my opinion. And um, another fun thing that we did, we went from, we went to four different campsites, so a different one every night. But the third night, we went from the day two campsite to essentially the Colorado River, which was not that far of a hike, maybe like two miles or so. It takes about an hour. And uh, once you get there, you essentially have your own private beach because no one else showed up. It was just the six of us. The only people we saw were two different groups of uh, whitewater rafters, and they're just going down the Colorado River. Apparently, you can get down the Colorado River in about two weeks and, um, you know, guessing that's what they were a part of. And so it, it was just it was just awesome. Like you have this private beach. Colorado River, by the way, is freezing cold. So, you know, you jump in, you jump out, um, you, you know, you let the sun dry you off. We did, I did my laundry that day, you know, just the best I could. I kind of just slapped some soap on it and rubbed it a little bit and threw it on a rock and let it dry out. Um, you know, wore pretty much the same clothes. I had like two shirts, two pants, you know, three pair of socks and, um, some shorts and one of those like wide brimmed hats, um, and a, like a tank top. And I kind of look like a, like a Florida touristy guy, you know, cause when you got the camp, you just throw the shorts on and the tank top or whatever, you know, walked around with my flip flops on. Um, and then, you know, put on my pants that I, there were like these, it was polyester spandex. It should have been cotton, but I just, the cotton was really expensive that I went, when I went to REI, REI, by the way, I'm not going to say it's a ripoff because I don't know what the market value of some of this equipment is, but my God, some of that stuff's expensive. So, so I went, I went with, with these athletic, athletic pants that I already had and they did the job. Um, I was able to kind of pull them up above my knees. So, you know, REI had these nice like hiking pants that you kind of zip off the bottoms and it becomes shorts and stuff. Um, I had the option. I would just kind of like, like roll them up like Tom Sawyer or something and uh maybe huck finn one of the two and you know i did get some scratches on my legs from all the cacti and all that stuff but um you know they did the job and you know the truth is like you thought oh polyester is gonna make it super warm it should have but it didn't it was the pants worked out just fine shirt was 100 percent cotton button-up collared shirt that you might see some you know frat boy wear at a crappy bar on the north side and uh, that did the char that did the trick too. And she was, you know, our guide was telling us like that wicking material is not ideal for this setting. So um, I was happy. I was happy with the attire. Um, by the time we were done, I was done. You know, we had a nice lunch at the top of the canyon. Uh, we got we jumped in a van, took off, uh, and that was that, man. You know, a little bonding time with the fellas out in nature. Got to meet a ram. Uh, you know, got my batteries recharged. Nice thing. You know, obviously I for. For those of you tech geeks or you're considering uh, 
filming your trip in the nature, I used my iPhone. I brought, I bought what I call a brick, but like a recharger. Only needed it once. Uh, put my phone on airplane mode, put on all the disturb, do not disturb. So like all the apps would kind of shut off and uh, turn the display down to like 10%. Use my iPhone for a lot of the um, like recording I did. And I just wore like this little like um, waist belt. I, some people call it a fanny pack. I call it a manny pack because I'm a man. And uh, it's the same belt that I use for running. It's waterproof. You know, it has a little zipper on it. So I wore that around my waist, just pulled out my iPhone when I wanted to record something. And I also had a GoPro. I had four batteries, uh, blew through all four of them. But that was mostly like put it on my forehead, you know, walk through the desert and try, trying to probably use it for a time lapse. If I can get anything out of it, that'd be fine. But, um, you know, it, it, I'm sure the footage would be just fine. It's not as nice to have my, you know, my other nice cam expensive cameras with my expensive lenses. But um, I didn't care, man. I just want to kind of vlog the trip in the sense that like, I just want to remember it. So, uh, again, footage is coming at you. It's going to be great. Uh, hang in there. I got lots of projects to work on. Speaking of projects, I got a open house from a new gym. Yeah, that's right. The East Bunker Gym, the EBG. This Saturday from 8 to 1 o'clock, 400 North Lathrop, River Forest, Illinois. I will be throwing essentially a party. There'll be music and uh, a grill and me. What else you need? Um, we're just going to do a workout. Workout's optional. I'll have some uh, information about my gym for you. Uh, stop by if you can't say hello. Uh, very part of the space I put together. So big party. Not expecting a huge turnout. Why? Because it's Memorial Day weekend and people are already making plans, going elsewhere and stuff. God love you, man. Take advantage of the long weekend. But I will be there in River Forest waiting for you to stop by and say hello and then make you sign up for my newsletter. Because if you don't, I will bust your skull. That's my uh, my new term. My new term. Skull Buster, Coach Potts. But uh, yeah, should be a good weekend. Uh, glad to be back in town. Glad to be back uh, in the city, you know. But I tell you, man, I, I was not on my phone the entire time I was there other than when I was recording. And uh, it wasn't like, let's just say old habits die hard because I've literally been using my phone just like, a, like I used to before, like a maniac. I need to get off. I need to decrease my screen time. So um, that's it for this episode of the Home and Body Improvement Show. I hope you enjoyed Hope to see you at my open house tomorrow, which, I, you know, who knows when you listen to this episode, May 29, 2021. It's going to be a doozy. Starting at 8 o'clock, big workouts, but uh, plenty of food and uh, music and good times for everybody. And uh, thanks for tuning in. See you next time. <laughs>